right, Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Phone here on KCYX. Jerry, that's me. I'm hanging out in wet and rainy Portland. Jim is in the studio. Jim, happy Sunday to you. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing just great. We got some chilly weather, but uh, it's clear and sunny all day. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's uh, it's going well. Everything else good? Doing well? Uh, doing back well. In, back yeah. in California after a visit uh, visit up to up to Oregon? You know, I always say it, you always say it, but I'm going to say it again. There's nothing like doing the sports phone at the self-named sports phone bar in your house. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun doing the show in the same place. I think more than more than it yep. being at at any certain location in my house. I just think doing the show together is always is always very nice. Right. Well, um, you because- yeah, whether you're in the studio here or we're in when there and you know, in a way I feel really important when we have someone as talented as Eddie doing our engineering. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, it gives it gives us a little bit more of a professional vibe. Where like a, when you look at the kind of the professional ESPN radio broadcast, yeah, they've yeah. got the two guys, and then they've got the kind of producer in the back. So yeah, I, I get what you're going. Yeah, like Eddie, Eddie actually, uh, what he told me is he actually, you know, he's I'm on when I'm doing this, you know, I quickly turn my mic down and I tell someone, "You're next. Hang on, you're on hold." Yep. Well, well, Eddie. He can be like a real sports engineer guy. He he can talk to someone, find out what they're what they're calling yep. about. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so really appreciate Eddie stepping in and covering uh, the studio last week uh, while Jim uh, was up here visiting me in Oregon, and we'll have uh, more more travel stuff to talk about as we get near the end well, of the show. Just, so we'll be sure to bring now, that stuff up again at the now end. Now that we're on Eddie for a second, it, we're always, we always like to promote the other programmers. Um, the there was a. Uh, a promotion for what do we call it spaced out i i think spaced out rotator is the name of the show i think it might rotate between more than one person but the person making that spaced out rotator um it's a new show on kz wax it was eddie's voice doing the, the doing the promo and i'm wondering that sounds like the kind of music eddie's into maybe he's doing the show <laughs> yeah yeah it's possible yeah so what do you got here? Uh, let's well, do- before we before yeah before we get into the sports phone stuff too much, uh, a little bit more business. We just got to touch on real quick. Um, so as everyone knew, uh, what was going on throughout the last couple of weeks, uh, the pledge drive uh, for KZUX was ongoing. Um, had a goal of a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and up to date has raised seventy two thousand four hundred and three dollars. If I can read off of the glare off of the picture <laughs> that was sent to me, um, so. The, the pledge drive, I think, is officially "quote unquote" over. Um, but we're always, you know, looking for assistance to try to reach that one hundred thousand dollar goal to help keep the station up and running. You can go online, donate kzyx.org, uh, and, and you know, all support towards the station is really, really appreciated. Uh, it helps keep uh, the station up and running. Helps us uh, let us continue to do the sports phone. Um, it helps all the other shows get to stay on the air as well. Move on. The sports phone, please. What is All right, it? we're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. So uh, if you have never uh, listened to the sports phone before, this is an open forum sports talk show. Jim and I are here uh, to talk about sports for an hour. We like to spend this hour uh, opening up the our conversations that we have all the time uh, in in private, you know, whether they're on the phone or together, and we like to bring in the listening audience to talk about anything they want to talk about going on in the world of sports. That can be professional, college, high school, rec league stuff, anything you want to talk about, as long as it is sports related in some way, shape, or form. Jim and I want to hear about it, so we'll open up the phone lines at 707-895-2448 and give you a chance to call and talk about anything you would like to talk about 
going on in the world of sports. Okay, Jerry, Jerry, you got four minutes here. I want to know what's going on in high school volleyball and soccer. You got four. We got. We have stuff to get to before we get to that. All right, go ahead. We yeah. Don't 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 (laughs) change the order on me. We we had an order here. Uh, So before we get into uh, the meat of the show, we have a quiz question to get through. Uh, We're coming up on another. I've lost track, but we have. We've been consistently coming up with quiz questions. I found a really good resource. For more quiz questions, Jim and I are very excited about that. And we um, and we've got we've got callers. Uh, caller Bill called yeah. in with a pretty good trivia question. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting them from all all sorts of uh, all sorts of angles, and we're collecting them. Think it's fun to have a quiz question out there for the listeners. If you know the answer, feel free to give us a call. If you don't know the answer and want to take a guess, you can do that as well. So here's the question for this week. Uh, sometimes I know about these things and I kind of see a fact. And it's like, oh, that'd be an interesting quiz question. I had no idea this ever happened. Me neither. Uh, very simply, uh, I would like to know the name of the only broadcaster, play-by-play or color commentator, that has ever been ejected from an NBA game, that has been thrown out by an official. So I would like to know his name, what team he worked for, and what year it happened. Very simple. And I the would only just like clue to know the- those, those pieces of information for uh, the only broadcaster that was ever thrown out of an NBA game. And I'm going to give one clue. Oh. We didn't we didn't vet this clue. I, I don't know how I feel about this. All I'm going to say, this is a very vague clue. The only clue I'm going to give up is, is Jerry was a very young boy when this happened. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have given that clue. I, know. I don't like it. I, know, I know. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, okay. So 707-895-2448, that is the number to call if you want to take a crack at answering that quiz question or if you got anything else you want to talk about. Uh, you can do that as well and give us a call at that number. Um, we have a couple other things we want to get through real quick, uh, continuing kind of our highlight of local sports. Uh, local high school sports for the fall are slowly kind of wrapping up, getting into playoff season. Volleyball is two rounds in. Soccer is getting started uh, pretty quick here. Soccer brackets are coming out. And we'll should have uh, football, I believe, will come out next week. Um, so we're going to get through a couple updates and various things here. Again, um, want to just give the opportunity to highlight some of these teams that are making runs in the playoffs or have gotten into the playoffs, depending on the sport. Uh, looking at volleyball first, we talked about the brackets last week uh, a little bit in the opening bracket. So two rounds have occurred since then. And of all the teams that were local that we talked about last week, there are two standing that have made it to the semifinals, made it to the final four of their respective brackets. Uh, and funny enough, Jim, they're both Cardinals. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're both Cardinals. They so are we'll start, both Cardinals. Yeah, Mendocino we'll, we'll Cardinals. Start, wow, you're yeah. right. Yeah, so we'll start with small schools, uh, Division Six. So this is... Uh, 299 and below, I believe, in terms of school population. The Mendocino Cardinals making a nice little run is the number six. 199 and below. 199 below. Thank you. Yes. Uh, They're making a nice little run as a sixth seed. They got through Calistoga and then California Cross Point. They are going to head to the Bay Area on the second. So that will be on Wednesday to take on the number two seed San Domenico with a spot in the championship on the line. That'll be at seven o'clock on the second of November. And I'd like to also give a quick shout out to Anderson Valley, who was in that bracket. Uh, They got to the second round uh, before losing um, to San Domenico, who Mendocino. Yeah, a little for for the real sports. For the real AV sports fans and the real uh, Mendo sports fans, you know, we, you know, in a long time ago, the teams really had quite a well. They always have a great rivalry, but it, but it's it's a little nicer of a rivalry now, and um, it's always been a good one in volleyball. Well, the interesting stat here is or statistic 
Well, that's not a statistic. It's a Mendo is playing the team that knocked AV out. Yes. So let's yes. get back. Let's 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 get back at them and keep one of the public schools in. That's what I said. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then the other team still in in a little bit bigger schools this is Division Five. So one school kind of size up. Uh, one team still standing there, uh, and that is the number two seed in the bracket. They make it to the final four. Those are the Clear Lake Cardinals. Uh, so they took care of Hoopa and then Dr the Drew School, and now they will play the Bay School. That will be at 7 o'clock on Wednesday the 2nd. That will be at Clear Lake High School. So if you are in the Lake County area and want to go watch one of the best teams in small school volleyball uh, in that area, go check out Clear Lake. Again, that will be at 7 o'clock on the 2nd. Uh, of November, which is Wednesday. So those are the two teams that are still standing on the volleyball side of things. And I want to get through soccer real quick. We're just in the first round of soccer. Um, so not a whole lot to talk about yet. Just the brackets came out today. I'd like to give some shout outs to those teams and then we'll go from there. Uh, so Fort Bragg gets in. We're starting with girls soccer uh, in Division One. So soccer is a little bit different in terms of the number of divisions. There's only three divisions because there's just less teams that play soccer in the fall. Uh, soccer is split now between fall and spring. So there are some teams that play yep. in the fall, other teams that's, that play in the spring. Uh, so these brackets are also considerably smaller just in terms of the number of teams that, that are in them. So Fort Bragg, they get a home game on Wednesday the 2nd at 7 p.m. They will take on Del Norte. Uh, that'll be at Fort Bragg High School. So if you're going to want to go watch some soccer under the lights, 7 p.m. at Fort Bragg High School. Timberwolf uh, Stadium. Say it again? Timberwolf Stadium. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, Middletown, I, it's not listed, but I think they get a home game. Um, that will be on either November fourth or November fifth. I don't. They don't have the 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 schedule fully out yet. They're going to be playing McKinleyville. It'll be either on the fourth or the fifth. There is no uh, official bracket. Uh, there's not an official schedule for that game yet. And then similar to that, uh, Clear Lake. I'm assuming is going to go up to Arcata. Uh, for a game that will also be on either the 4th or the 5th. So a couple teams uh, on the girls' side in Division One, which is the biggest division for soccer on that side. A uh, couple more to get through. Uh, smaller school soccer, uh, Division Three, just a four-team bracket uh, on this one, but good representation. Upper Lake is the number one seed. They will play on Wednesday the 2nd at Upper Lake High School, 7 p.m. They'll be... Timdale. Again, this is girls soccer. And then Mendocino makes the long trip at, for a 3.30 kickoff. Uh, they will head up to uh, our, I guess, Eureka, technically. And they will take on St. Bernard's. Oh, uh, always a tough, a, always a, a tough that's place to always go. Always <laughs> a tough game. And that's a long trip to play a soccer game. Oh, gosh. Yep. Yeah, so that'll be on the 2nd uh, of November at 3.30 uh, for that kickoff. God, you know, I just listened to this, Jaron. I'm like, you know, when, when you hear me in the back saying, oh, man, I, I just remember, you know, leaving at 11 in the morning to play mm -hmm. St. Bernard's or to play Ferndale. <laughs> I, I still remember, not to get totally off track here, I still remember when you didn't do the show once because you had to go to somewhere in like Cornerstone Christian. A, yeah, you had to go to Cornerstone Christian and play a playoff game, and because it was such a long drive, just it didn't work out, and uh, I ended up doing the show. Jerry, with I got calls. Let's see. Let's there. see if someone's got the trivia here. Okay, go for it. You're on the air.
Hello, you're on the air. Anybody there? Can you hear me? Let's have people call again. I lost them all, Chair. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Okay, let's try again. Well, I've got the answer to the trivia quiz. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. The guy's name is Mike Rice. Uh-huh. He was a broadcaster for the Portland Trailblazers in 1994. He got ejected because he apparently um, he apparently got into it. He argued with uh, a guy named Steve Jabby, who was apparently notorious for being one of the strictest game officials there. So that's the answer. There's the Woo! correct answer, Bill. Got another got call. Bill. Thank you. Bye. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, it's Tim from Moscow, and I wanted to talk about our former national pastime and the World Series. I was going to say, what is that, our national pastime? Baseball? <laughs> well, it used to be. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's been a good one. I, I've, I've been checking in on it, Tim. I, I've, I haven't watched a full game, but I've watched bits and pieces of, of both of them, and so far, so good. 1-1. One, one through two games i've i've been having a good time watching it yankees are out i quit oh no. uh, anyway um <laughs> first off i wanted to say i i listened on the radio and which basically means i listened on my cell phone and i won't go into the effort of putting tune in on my um, cell phone and, and listening but it was it was a struggle as a matter of fact to me the first four innings of game one so but I endured. I, I gritted it out like the Phillies. But I have to say, game one, um, Verlander was not effective. Um, and how can a guy who's 38, 39 be effective at this stage in the season? But um, he was not, and the Phillies gritted it out and uh, picked up the win. And um, game two, they, the Phillies didn't show up. Hmm. Um, and the the... Strohs came out hacking, as the uh, as the play-by-play guy for the Phillies said, mm-hmm. and the Phillies did not come out hacking and just could not get anything together. But anyway, yeah, the, what I go ahead. No, well, no. I, what I was going to say about that, Tim, it's I've I've found really interesting, and this isn't specific to baseball, but it's something that I think a lot of people talk about in all sports with with these longer series for for playoffs. When you're the road team. In those first two games, your goal is to win one game, and and it's it, and then you kind of keep the series in your favor going back to when you play at home. And a lot of the times, I think across all sports, you do see if the if a team get pulls an upset in the first game, they they don't necessarily. It's not that they're not playing hard, but they do relax a little bit in that next game because they've done what they needed to. They they got a win on the road. And now, if they lose this one, it's not you know as big a deal. So the fact that there might have been a little let up, let down, plus the Astros you know having to play super hard to get a win and even the series that that doesn't surprise me too much. Answer me this. Well, it, go ahead, Tim. Go, yeah, go ahead. It, it is it is curious. I mean, uh, I understand that that mentality. They they came away with a split, so that's good. But um, when they don't swing at pitches that they should swing at, and I'm going to take the word of the 
Phillies commentator Tom McCarthy, who seemed to know what was going on. Obviously, I was not watching the game. I was just listening. Um, and they just uh, blew the pitches that they should have hit. They just yeah. did not swing or, or they whatever. Uh, so they just were not aggressive at the plate. And if, if you're up one game, why not be aggressive at the plate? Why not get out there and take your cuts and, and uh, see how it goes rather than just lay back? I mean, mm-hmm. it's that's not how the game is played. Anyway, the, my other point was um, and is about the, the rules that uh, MLB is going to bring on next season, basically how to mm-hmm. speed up the game. And clearly the, the um, pitch clock, is going to force a lot of pitchers to really evaluate what's going on. And some might not last, um, like I, Verlander. I don't know what he's going to do with a, a pitch clock if he comes back next year. Um, because 15 seconds is not much time to get the ball in your hands, take the sign, rock and fire. And I think we should... That, t- I think we should take a whole show, Tim. Make sure you listen up and give us a call when we should go over all the new rules they are going to be in Major League Baseball next year. Anyway, I, w- I wanted to bring up a, a pitcher who would have survived, and he's a, played for the A's, uh, Joe Blanton. I always enjoyed watching Joe Blanton work because he got the ball in his hands, took the sign, nodded, rocked and fired, and the game moved on. <laughs> but golly, if you're listening on the radio, the amount of time uh, wasted – um, while the <laughs> pitcher does this and that, blah, blah, blah. And the the other um, rule that I'm, I think I'd think of this one, oh, is the, the throws to first base, uh, where you get one throw to first base, and after that, eh, you got to pick the guy off or something, um, but no more throws to first base again and again and again. Huh. So I'm I'm looking forward to the game speeding up because – it it was a long ways to go from five in the afternoon till gosh was like <laughs> nine ten at night. Yeah, yeah. So, Especially when you get a game that goes into extras like that first one, it just drags on and on and on. Yeah, the, the folks in Philly had to stay up till after midnight to um, hear the completion of that game, which brings up another point. I mean, they should start the games always these World Series at seven Eastern time, so the folks in the East Coast have a shot at staying up and listening to their team. Yeah, anyway, it's so I got another it's call. so tricky to do that. It, 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 I, I I agree. I think in a perfect world, but it's just it's so tricky because you don't want the West Coast or the the you know the Central or whatever to start too early because then you know people are still at work or they're not able to get to the game and it's such a time zones make sports broadcasting real complicated and the East Coast is the only one that really does suffer. Tim, thanks for the call. Thanks, Tim. All righty. Carry on. Talk to you next time. You're on the air. Oh, yeah, hi. Thanks for the, thanks for the program, guys. Um, I, you, you're all, you're talking about the, some rules right now. And I was wondering, you know, for the, the trivia question, if there was like a, a, a minor ground rule, like uh, uh, try to guess it off the top of your head, you know, without looking. There, so Jim and I had a conversation about this. I, I missed we, it. What are we talking about? So the question, the question, Jim, if, if you missed it, was essentially, do, do we try to enforce or ask for any sort of honor rule where people do not look up the question? 
or, or try to just use their the top of their head, like just try to guess instead of looking up the answer. We we actually the question. we actually don't have one, and we don't enforce it. Yeah, so so Jim and I so, talked yeah, about this a little a, bit. An, a, a, okay, an honor roll, an honor type yeah. thing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, our go ahead. all funsies. Uh, you know, I've yeah. got an idea here. Why don't we have like a four or five minute rule where the first four minutes of the trivia on the honor system, if you can answer it without the internet, and as soon as that four minute um, hits, we, then you can answer it if you had to look it up. What do you think about that, we, Jim? We can make any w- rule we want. <laughs> None of them are enforceable. <laughs> that's, that's true. Like it's, and that kind of so, and that kind of goes to what I kind of thought when we were coming up with this idea is, I try to make the questions a little difficult to look up um there are ways i can kind of omit certain things i didn't do it with this question um but there there are ways i can do that uh i I am a kind of a believer in like knowing how to look things up is a skill in and of itself i personally it is yeah i I really don't what about just just as a uh a a fun thing to you know it's like i remember playing Scrabble uh, with somebody on a phone or something, and or Monopoly, and I think I just I, it would be kind of fun just to ask, you know, you know, just don't make a rule, but just ask. Yeah, you know, give give the give the the ones who are because the guesses are kind of cool. You know, yeah, that's that's true. I, I and I like ringing the, I like ringing the button and and playing the noise that means you failed. I like to actually do that. So, so. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. the call. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. No, this is something Jim and I went back and forth on quite a bit uh, about how we're going to deal with this. So, I, yeah, I think we could start doing that. We could offer up. Uh, we could ask with no obligation to respond to the question. Or answer the question. We could ask if they had to look it up or not. I know for the fact the woman that answered that question tonight is no computer whiz, and she had the answer on the computer in like two minutes. I think that's pot. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I I can sometimes tweak the questions to make them a little more difficult to look up. Um, I'm not worried about. And sometimes it. I do that. Sometimes I don't. But no, I think we can we can mess around with that a little bit. Hello, you're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Vince. How are we doing? Doing well. Doing, doing pretty well. Good. Good. I'll start off by saying I make it an, a, a pride to not look up the answer to your trivia questions. I want to know them. So just so you guys know, I, I don't ever look them up. I'm always going off of my my so, knowledge. For so that. what do you what um, do you think about the idea of having a like a four minute grace period for the people that are trying to rack their brain and then bring in the computer answers? I, I think you go to the 40-minute mark of the show. There's 20 minutes left in the show. Whoa. All, all answers are good. Give it some time. Huh. Okay. Four minutes is four minutes is like you guys start rambling for a second or a couple of drop calls. Well, if, if you know, you know the answer, you know the answer. True, but if you can't get in. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. This is all great theory, guys. <laughs> This is all, this is all no, real good, hypothetically. <laughs> no, you're correct. I can sit here and tell you that I don't look things up, and I could obviously be looking it up, but I, I you know, I, I try to take pride in that kind of stuff. I believe so, you, Vince. Just, I believe you. Yeah. No, you've told me, and I even told, I even told someone else today 
that that I know Vince tries to do it without using the computer. I know I know he does. So do you get frustrated after a while and say, okay, I want to get this one and then go back to the computer? Or do you just, if you can't get it on, in your mind, well, you don't I, do it? No, if I don't know it, I'll look it up, and then I, I just won't call and answer. Oh, that's a, okay. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Everyone's yeah. got... So, yeah, so second, I want to say uh, good luck to the Fort Bragg and Mendocino Cardinals. They're in the playoffs. We all have faith in you. And yep. wish you the best in your in your travels. Um, and then I have a trivia for you guys, since I missed tonight's trivia, actually. So something happened today in the NFL that hasn't happened since 2005. I want to know what it was, who did it, and who was the last person to do it. And it has to do, I'll give you the, an immediate hint, it has to do with offense. You want to know... Sorry, sorry. go ahead. I, I lost you there for a second. You want to know what happened and when the last time it was that happened? No, it, the last time it happened was 2005. I want to know what it, what happened today, who did oh. it, and who was the last person to do it in the NFL on offense. I know I know all of that except who the last person was to do it. So, so, so Jim, if you want to take a shot at it, you're more than welcome to, but I know all of it except the last piece. Jimmy's still there? Yeah, let's I, I say I say you he asked the host the question. The host should have a chance to answer. Give it give it all you got right now. Yeah, so if I unless I'm mistaken, I saw this Vince, I saw this about twenty minutes before the show started, so I got I got lucky. I believe it is Christian McCaffrey uh, is the first player since two thousand five to run for a touchdown, pass for a touchdown, and catch a touchdown all in the same game. Yeah, exactly. That it? Exactly. Wow. That's, that's now, it. But, but there, now, who did it last is the question of the day for anybody out there. The last I'll, person uh, I'll to let do you guys, that. I'll let you guys know the answer if nobody gets it. So. My immediate <laughs> guess, if I had to take a first guess, is LaDainian Tomlinson. Jim, ring the bell. Is it, ring the bell? No, he got, he got it, LaDainian Tomlinson. Nice job. Hey, look at that. And the only reason I thought of LaDainian Tomlinson is I, I figured it was a running back, and I remember him being on some bad Chargers teams, but being very like flexible in how they used him. They used him in a lot of different ways. So I figured it was a decent guess. Hey, Vince, I've, I've got uh, I got some other stuff I want to talk to you about, and I also have a guy who's been waiting for a bit. I know you'll call us back. Give us a few minutes and give us a call back, all right? Sounds good. Always. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, thank you very much. I uh, hope you're having a great day. Yep. Uh, out of curiosity, uh, we're in the Fort Bragg area, and uh, we couldn't get the 49er game on the radio, but we got the Warriors. Yay. Love Steph Curry, even though they lost today. But nevertheless, uh, we knew the Broncos won this morning in London, or wherever they were playing. I think London. But we're, we don't know who won the 49er game because no one gives a uh, football score on the radio that we could get here. Well, so we're just wondering if the 49ers won today. They did indeed. They took it to the Rams 31-14. to 14. Oh, wow. Good news. Yeah. Well, thank how you. often? Yeah. How often in this technological age do we get to, to break that news to someone, Jer? It's, it might be a first. I love, I love it. it. I think they got so excited that we lost them. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, so 49ers won. Uh, they are in sole possession now of second place in the NFC East, or excuse me, NFC West, uh, with the Seahawks right above them. But yeah, San Francisco got the win. 
And how about the Raiders? We don't talk about them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hey. We just don't. Yeah. That's yeah. The sham of I, an of a NFL franchise that is. I like the way the, this show is going. I wanted to give a shout out because we like interaction. I want to give a shout out to to, to listener Bill. That's what we call him. That's the way he introduced himself. He gave us an interesting question today, Jared, and I just want to throw it out there. Not sort of as a trivia, but in in a way is. Can you, could you have, Jared, before you saw this list, could you have named five out of the, like, 20 um, people on a list called great players in NBA basketball that did not win championships? Had you, had I said that to you, could you have reeled off even five of them, you think? I could have named with confidence. Really? Uh, let's see. I think... Eight to ten of these names that are on that, that that were that were given to us. I only knew three or four for sure, and and um, it'd be an interesting qu- trivia question for other sports too. Like, what about famous quarterbacks that have never been in the Super Bowl? Questions like that. Well, never wait, never won or never been in. Those are two different questions. Are those equal questions? No, no, I didn't think so. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, doing this for football and the Super oh, Bowl. Yeah. Is that a similar I, question? I I think they are similar questions. I think it's much harder to put it all on one player in football than it is in basketball, just because oh, of that's true. how. Not to say that that basketball is not a team sport, but there's so much more that goes into that in terms of what needs to go right. For the huh. same reason that, like, I don't think you could pick a famous pitcher in baseball and call them out in the same way you could call out a basketball player. Hmm. Um, All right, so I'm I'm actually going to put that on the table then. Seeing we didn't list them, you think you could get eight college? Can you name four famous basketball players? And are we calling them superstars? Stars? Superstars? I I would argue that everyone on the list that we were given is a hall of is a hall of famer. Okay, hall of fame type player. Uh, can you name four? And what is there? Is there 16, 18 on the list? Maybe there's something 15 like fifteen names on the list. And th- and the thing about this is there's there's more, right? Like there could be oh, more. There could be more because because yeah. who's defining what a what a star right. is, you know? Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, the most probably the most famous football one. Not not I don't know if it's a question, but you brought up Dan Marino is probably the most I think the most famous football player that has not won a championship that, ne- that never won a Super Bowl. Dan Dan Marino, arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, never won a Super Bowl. Huh? No. And you think there's more? But oh, no, there's but a ton no one more. is famous. Let's give a clue here. Name the most. The best player on that list that did not win an NBA championship. I so I'm going to name two because I think they are joined at the hip. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 Carl Malone and John Stockton. Right. I, I was yeah. going to go with the one on that list that that stands out to me is I mean he was a double MVP, and uh, Steve Nash never won a championship. Yeah, and yeah, that he's, guy. Yeah, he's he's on there too. The <laughs> the thing that's really funny about this list. Um, and by the way, you can give us a call, 707-895-2448, if you got anything you would like to talk about. 707-895-2448, that's the number to call if you want to talk about sports. Um, what I was going to say that's really interesting about this list is it shows you almost different eras of basketball because the people that didn't win championships on this list ran into roadblocks of other players. Does that make sense, Jim? Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, in the sense That's of like true. everyone from the '90s on this list is because Jordan was and the Bulls won all the championships back then. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, and it's... then there are players. Oh, I see. You're saying they just happen to be there. Yeah. At yeah. A t- like, uh, I see. I see. What yeah. Like, saying. to name a few others, because I, I don't know if, well, no, if you want to see if anyone calls, but there's a bunch of names on here that are all from the 90s, and they're all from when Jordan was in the league. There's also players from the early 2000s when the Lakers and the Spurs were just running the league. <laughs> so, everyone on this list kind of, you can point to. There was a team oh, that was I kind see. of the gatekeeper that kept them from winning a championship. Kept them. Jordan kept. Yeah, I, I can. Jordan think kept of, like half this list from gonna, winning championships. Jeez. All right. Um, can I shift the gears here? Yeah, absolutely. Got about a half hour left on the show. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a call if you got anything you want to talk about in sports. Anything this day anything. in sports today. Oh, is- sorry, Jim. I have one other thing real quick go sorry to interrupt i we didn't get through all the brackets so instead of going back to them if you're curious uh what local teams um excuse me hold on a second sorry about that noise um if you're curious about any of the local teams that did get into the playoffs you can go to cifncs.org just the letters cifn as in nancy cs.org you can then pick the sport you want to look at and then there's links to all the different brackets there um soccer and volleyball are out football will be out uh next week so if you do want to take a look and see where any of the local teams are you can go there to take a look at that list october 30th 1919 this one is still such a big deal it seems like (laughs) and i've always wondered i mean we talked to the we talked about this like like it's steroids or something. I, I think this is the stupidest thing to get out of baseball. In 1919, October 30th, they outlawed the spitball. I mean, they make it sound like these guys were taking steroids. I mean, all they did is lick their finger to get a better grip on the ball. No. So what? what is... Is that what the spitball is, is for? It's to reduce friction and... Oh yeah, no, just so you throw yeah. throw a, a faster fastball and a, and a, a apparently this, the the junk ball pitchers, the curveball pitchers, they get a good grip on the ball and spitball. But the whole idea of it, it seems like such a natural thing to use your own sweat or sweat or spit. I don't know. Well, I guess that's introducing a a foreign object into the sport. Your own spit? Yeah, it's a foreign object. It's not natural to the game. All right, I'll let you have that one. 19- I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> so, is there, if any real baseball people are listening, what was the point that the the pitchers were going to become too dominant if they allowed them to? Yeah, I think so. To take if, a little, if, if they can, if they could do with the ball what it's claimed they could with throwing a little, you know, a little spit on it, then yeah, I, I could see why they'd want that out of the league. All right, then is every change that we've ever heard. In favor of batters since 1919, are they, is, is it everything to, to make Ooh, the pitchers that's less question. effective? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I would, think they lowered I, the mound at one point or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's an argument to be made that offensive baseball is more fun to watch than a pitcher's duel. Oh, so, I, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, baseball people, what's that all about? 1954. <laughs> October 30th, 1954, the first game with a 24-second shot clock in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Just, I think they knew I was coming. I was born in February of 1954, 
And maybe they said, oh, that, that Jim Young's going to be a good shooter, but he's going to hold the ball a lot. So let we better get a shot clock going. You th- that's I'm just... sure I'm sure they were right. That was exactly <laughs> what happened. That's the word-for-word word verbatim conversation that happened there. <laughs> 1970, it's the best thing that ever happened. He, I just want to say one other thing about the shot clock real quick. Is It's just still, and, and I say this a lot, I say it even more because I live in a state that plays basketball like it's in the like it's in the 1950s for high school basketball yeah um any state that does not use a shot clock for high school basketball is is ridiculous it's absolutely absurd that there's still basketball being played in this country without a shot clock i was uh, making a joke about about me in the shot clock chair but i oh, went I, know, I, know, I, know. I went through high school middle school high school college and professional basketball all those levels i played Never played a game, and I'm a scorer, and I never played a game with a shot clock. I'm just like yeah. wondering. I scored a lot of points in some games, you know, and and there was no shot clock. Yep. I wonder how it would have changed my game in 1974. Ollie and Foreman, the famous rumble in the jungle. I, I believe it was in. Oh, where I'm gonna let it? you go ahead, Jim. I'm leaving out an island here. Go ahead, try to pronounce it. <laughs> I don't know where it was. I just know it was in the jungle. It was in, it was in Kinshasa, Zaire. Is that a prop? Oh, I, 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 it is. It is. It is. Which is now in the Congo. It okay. is now in the, oh, the, in the, 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 the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The question. I, the reason I pulled this one up is is it was a, a KO in the eighth, which gave Ali the 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 heavyweight champion back again from Foreman. Um, and he did it with a technique called rope-a-dope. So I'm putting that out to the to the audience here. What technically was Ali's rope-a-dope? What, what, what was the technique? It, it, it sounds like, Jer, was it... Do you not know, or are you asking this to see if other people know? I'm asking to see if other people know. I think I, I might know. Okay, also in 1974, Nolan Ryan... Sh- pitched a pitch at 100 miles an hour 100.9 miles an hour so my question to you jer i'm already ready was everybody throwing at 100 but they just happened to measure his or were they measuring all pitches like they do now and he was really the first person well i think that's why the point nine is in there right like in terms of I, there were probably other people throwing that hard um but that's why the point nine is there because he basically threw 101 um more, I, what I think is more interesting about that is, do you want to take a guess at what the current record is for fastest recorded pitch in Major League Baseball? I'm going to give one number here, see your reaction, then take a call. 108 miles an hour. 105. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi. Oh, rope-a-dope. Rope-a-dope. Yeah. Um, basically, it was uh, just enduring in one of the late practices a rehearsal, you know, bouts they did, uh, Ali realized that Foreman uh, was stronger than him, and, you know, he couldn't he couldn't beat him in the way he usually oh. went about things. And so basically he just decided that he was going to um, just take it, just bounce off the ropes, until Foreman wore himself out and save enough strength in himself to then take him down, which he did. So it was an, a, an endurance issue. 
Yeah, it was just ta- it was like taking a beating, taking the beating until Foreman wore himself out. And um, oh, and there's so much more to it. Uh, let's see, a great movie. Sheesh! I watched that movie and I turned around and watched it right again immediately. It's <laughs> called When We Were Kings, wow. and it's a documentary, an amazing documentary of the Rumble in the Jungle. But anyway, um, the uh, oh, the whole thing about the Africans—it was so important to Ali for him to be victorious. George Foreman showed up there with his uh, dog, this big formidable. German Shepherd, who the you know a lot of the people in Zaire were uh, you know abused and over policed uh, by police with police dogs like that. Anyway, Foreman was just insensitive. He didn't get it. He anyway, Ali basically mm, martyred himself because he ended up you know beat to where he could hardly function after that. Um, whatever disease they decided they, to call what he had, but right. it it totally screwed him up. But he did that for the people of Africa. Wow, I'll tell you, Jer. And if anybody can watch that movie, When We Were King, Kings, uh, watch it. It's it's really powerful. I never expected to read off this day in sports, mention the rope of dope, and have that kind of explanation. I want to thank you, caller. Wow, Jer, uh, did you know all that, Jer? No. I, I, I knew that the rope-a-dope was about, you know, wearing out your opponent and making them, you know, winning the basically winning a, a battle of attrition. But all the other stuff with the backstory about the Congo and all those things like that, uh, I didn't really know any of that. Um, boxing, as I've said before on the show, is a total blind spot for me. It's just not a sport that I follow very closely. Hello, um, Caller, you're on the air. Oh, that was, that was great. I, I had the phone ready to dial to talk about rope dope and that lady crushed it. <laughs> That's so great. Good. Yeah. Uh. Uh, really, really good. And it's just uh, to say spitball, Jim, is not just using, because people still lick their fingers uh, on the pitcher's mound and, and wipe their brow and stuff. A spitball is using like a petroleum jelly or really, really getting a big clunk of saliva on the ball, which basically alters the weight of the ball just enough to where it gets more movement. It's not about grip. It's about getting more drop on your curveball, your slider, things like that. Wait, um, wait, so, wait, wait, wait a minute here. So uh, you're saying that's the modern era of the spitball? Because obviously no, that, people that, will always try to find a better way to cheat. But are you telling me in 1919 when they named it the spitball, that that's still what it was? Yes, it was. It was based upon doctoring the ball by by over, you know, inundating one side of it with a substance, whether it was your own saliva or some sort of huh. gunk or something. So that that is where the spitball came from. Um, yeah, so you know, a little bit more detail because people still you know lightly lick their fingers or wipe their brow, and and that does help a little bit of tap on the ball for sure. Um, yeah. So that was that was a good the same sport. So Jerry, are you with me? You didn't know the rope dope or the spitball story? No, I knew the rope dope. I said that. Oh, but but you didn't know that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I didn't know the, the the story about the fight, but the concept of rope dope as a boxing technique, I, I was aware of that. That it was about that's where they tighten, that's, that's why they tighten the ropes. Like the ropes are no longer as uh, pliable as they used to be. Huh. 
And what's because he, he he leaned into him really far to soften the blows a little bit. So when he was letting the other player punch themselves out is what's what what I'm hearing here, wearing themselves down. The rope a dope concept was it he was he was against the rope letting him someone hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was basically using the ropes as like a, a way to lean back, so the so the punches weren't quite as huh. strong of a connection as they should have been, and he was able to kind of use the ropes as also like a bit of buoyancy, you know, for when he was absorbing the hit. All right. So it was the whole concept there for for or strategy there. All right, I'm 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 ready to move on here, Jerry. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, I, I have, you know, I mean, Vince is the caller. If, if he's got something else he want to talk about, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you though. This is this is right here why there's a I have a catharsis all week getting anticipated for the music on Sunday. It's it's just this. This is fun. This is so much fun to listen to people call in, and we've I've heard so many new voices in the last two or three weeks. Here, is, yeah, it, this is this is great. Well, I guess actually, while Vince is here, I usually do this near the end of the show. Yeah, Might as well do it while he's while he's on the air. Good idea. Uh, Jim's going to be gone the next two weeks, uh, and so Vince is going to be stepping in and going to be doing the show with me. And it's, I think, you know, Vince, we've done it before. It's always fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And all, yeah, yeah, me too, very much so. And all you all you callers that like are going to like hearing Vince better than me. He's not taking my job, Jerry. <laughs> no, I know he's not. I said you're gone for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and, just a fill-in, Jim. Just a fill-in. Don't and, and we'll thank, uh, in advance, I'll also thank uh, Eddie, like we did at the beginning. Eddie is going to be engineering yeah. and uh, yep. making us sound really good um, for yep. the next two weeks. As I'm going to uh, see my mom, who is back in the swimming pool. She's a national champ- master swimming championship at age 97. 96, 97, I lose track. And she's uh, coming off some... Uh, Let's call them injuries, and she's mm-hmm. back in the pool. So uh, she's. Oh, by the way, Jer, um, now that I mentioned where I'm going, and Vince, I know you know my mom. She swam her first swim meet yesterday oh, since since she nice. came came out of rehab. So what, um, what an amazing woman, man! That is unbelievable. You know, you know, all the things that the pandemic did. You know, like there's lots of things you guys both know it that are never going back live. They're going to be Zoom for the rest of our lives. And they have a, you can qualify now with a Zoom or called a virtual swim meet. If you get the proper people in the pool during, say, one and four on a, on a certain day that's a, a, a Zoom qualifying swim meet, you have to have a certified timer, you have to have a certified administrator. You can put your own team and you, you, you can swim your event. Yeah. And you can qualify for for the nationals without going, yeah, the, without traveling to the swim meets. Yeah, yeah, they're they're allowing that, and and I think marathons and stuff now too. Like pretty much, you can oh, qualify for the Boston Marathon vir- virtually. Um, huh. I think that's happening in a lot of sports. Yeah. Um, moving along, moving along with the times, you know, that's what you got to do. Yep. So that that Absolutely. was an interesting list you guys had of. Uh, NBA players who have not won a championship, and that would be an interesting one to, you know, hear more other sports, you know, chime in. You know, because to me, Jerry, like you, you mentioned how it's hard to compare most sports to, like, you know, being an NBA player and not getting a championship or, or getting there and not winning it, but 
look at a guy like Justin Verlander, uh, who Tim from Moscow mentioned earlier. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, Hall of Famer for sure. He's only six in the World Series. And his teams have lost every World Series he's gone to as their main Really? So, yeah, so sometimes you can be the best, but you get to the big stage and you just don't pull it off. That's a, that's a, you know, that's, sometimes it's, it's a Michael Jordan who just, you just never get a chance to beat that guy or you, you beat yourself. You know, baseball is a little bit different than basketball as far as that goes. I, um, I got a text question for you, Vince. How do they certify or verify is the word. I'm not sure what um, certify means um, or verify means, but how do they verify him, uh, a, a qualifier for the Boston Marathon? You just say, I'm going to run 26 miles and send your time in? Well, no, because it has to be a course that's approved. It has to be oh, a course just like any, any marathon qualifying course has to meet certain criteria. I think we talked about this a week ago or, or two weeks ago where the marathon was a big topic, um, what it takes to qualify, you know, to have a qualifying course. I don't remember the specifics right now, but, Jerry, we did talk about that recently, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we went over what the, what the, what the list or what the official things would be. Right. Yeah, but I don't, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but, yes, there, I think there was three things that had to do with, uh, like, Elevation changes was one of them, and I don't remember the other two. I think it was three. One of them was definitely elevation oh, change. Uh, yeah, I think one of them also was like the, the finish line has to be a certain distance from the starting line. They can't be, you know, like they can't yes. be too close together. I think or something like that. It was weird. It was a couple yes. of weird things, but yeah, we went went over that pretty recently. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We still have about nine minutes left on the sports phone. Always happy to talk to Vince here. If someone else wants to get in, just dial your phone, 707-895-2448. There's one, Vince. Talk to you later. Yep, talk to you next you week, Vince. Right. Hello, you're on the air. Um, this is not a new voice. <laughs> we'll take anything. I, <laughs> even old voices, right? Um, speaking of girls' sports... There's an interesting article in the Anderson Valley Advertiser on October 17th, and its headline is, Is Girls Flag Football California's Next Breakout High School Sport? Huh. And hmm. I was particularly interested because I have several friends in Maine who are in the 10 and 11-year-old, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old age group who loved playing flag football. And it started in Maine probably four years ago, maybe five years ago. And it has just caught fire. And so I was enthusiastically learning about how popular it's become in California. And I'm all in favor of it. Some of these girls had played they, they wanted to play football because they'd been playing with their brothers and so forth. Yep. So they tried out for teams, and they really were not fit because of body sizes to be playing tackle football with boys, even their own ages. And then there was some co-ed flag football, and they, again, were not too enthusiastic about that. But they said to their coach, who is also a great organizer. Um, can we please have a girls team? 
and he managed to start up a bunch of teams in the Portland area, and it has really just been such a boon for these girls. <laughs> so I'm pleased that, and whatever anybody has to say about co-ed or shouldn't separate boys from girls, and I mean, all of those things are worthy discussions, but in, in, in having girls flag football, I can tell you, has been a life changer for some of these girls. So it, start, it has the articles. It has to start then. Are they are they starting it at the youth level, like youth soccer? They start at age six, seven, eight, nine. Is that yes, what, is that what they're doing with flag football? Well, that's that's what's going on in Maine, but in California, for instance, there's a woman who's quoted in the ABA article who did not start until college, huh. and she was she was green at football, but so are most girls. Because I think it has to do with when this has all been getting going. And it hasn't been 10 years. So, yes, there are lots of girls of various ages who are just being introduced to it. Okay, hold on a second. Well, stay on the line with us. Jer, that's adamant time for you. Tell us something that you've researched about flag football. Oh, I, got all, last... I have all the stuff. Let's hear all the stuff. Let's so, hear so the biggest organization in terms of flag football is called NFL Flag, which I believe is based on the name, is affiliated with the NFL. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's across the country, ages 4 to 17. Um, it's yeah. divided up into different divisions for both boys and girls. Uh, but the most interesting thing I found, and I'm still uh, trying to kind of get all the information here about this, um, the NFL flag organization partnered with, and I'm trying to figure out if it was this year or going into next year. That's the part of it I'm not 100% sure on. But they partnered with the NAIA. Uh, which is after the NCAA for college sports, the NAIA is the right. next big one. Um, they are working with the NAIA to make women's flag football a sanctioned college sport. Wow. Yeah, this is... I, I, it's, it's starting now in California. CIF voted on it recently. CIF Very did? cool. Very cool. Huh. Yes. The, yes. Let, let me give it's a, just started the NFL connection. Let me give you a little God, perspective. This is fascinating. We, we, we still have three and a half minutes. If any experts on flag football are out there, I, I almost say I've got, I'm a little bit. I grew up with flag football as a yep. rec sport in the town I grew up in, Jamestown, New York. Flag football was big. It, it, but the interesting part caller. Is it? It didn't even mention or even think about letting girls play. It was still right. So I, yeah. you're not saying flag football is a new sport. You're saying no, 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 no. I I agree that it was. Oh. It used to be that only boys. But then over time, like when the Kennedy family played at Thanksgiving on oh. their lawn and it was on the news, you could see that, for instance, Ethel Kennedy was a fierce competitor and it didn't matter that the girls were playing against the boys or the men against the women no and and it has been always in neighborhoods it's been just whoever wants to play against the plague but as it's gotten organized there were mixed 
well, as a speak organized meeting, whatever it means. What else you got, you know, Jerry? You got, Jerry, you got 30 seconds. What, what else so, you got? yeah, so California will become the eighth state. Wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, California will become the eighth state that will sanction girls' flag football as high an school? official high school yep. sport. High school. It'll, uh, yes, Alabama, oh, Alaska, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, and New York all have uh, all have girl high school girls uh, flag football as a as a sanctioned sport. Um, and it sounds like initially there's going to be about seventy schools in the California League uh, that's going to get developed. But California, California now is already playing it. At the college level. Yes, the right. college level. Yeah, but it's being sanctioned for high school. Exactly. Yep. Okay, good night. Thanks for the show. Good night. Thank you thank so you, much you. for that call. That yeah, was- it, it, there's a lot of good stuff here just in the sense of who's putting it on and stuff. Like the California high school uh, sanctioning is being kind of headed by the, Ram- the LA Rams and the LA Chargers are putting a big push in this, putting money towards it and, and things like that. I can't believe how much I learned tonight. Rope a dope. I didn't know that girls flag football was was becoming such a yep. big thing. Got to wrap up. All right. Yep. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, Jim is gone the next two weeks. I'm here hanging out with Vince. Looking forward to talking to everyone on the show. And uh, thanks for calling and listening. We'll talk to everybody next week. Yeah. Thanks everyone. One who called from rope a dope to flag football uh, to the NBA. That's what we like to do here. I will see everyone in three weeks. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.